Hey Rebels, my name is Matthew Barton. Welcome to the Rebellion Brewing Podcast. The 51st Regina Folk Festival is happening August 5th to 7th in the heart of downtown Regina in Victoria Park. Josh Hagerud is one of the main organizers of the festival, and today he's sitting down with me to talk all things RFF. So let's get into it. Josh, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. How's it going? Good, really good. I mean, it's a nice hot day and I'm sitting here and there's beer in front of me. You've got like 10 days left till the festival as of this podcast? Yeah, like I think it's something like uh, just under 20 days. We, we were at 22 on Friday is the, la- the last count I did, but yeah, it's coming up fast. And then... So this will, we're recording this like a week in advance, so it'd be even yeah. closer by the time people are listening to this, but oh, yeah. right on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me, uh, help me out here. Who are you and what do you do? Uh, I'm Josh Hoggerud. I'm the executive director of the Regina Folk Festival. I uh, do mostly the administrative stuff for the Folk Festival, all the boring stuff like uh, budgets and insurance and grants and all that kind of stuff that really, really is important to to have to, to make any of this work. Um, and yeah, working with a really great team uh, over at RFF. We've got uh, just an, an incredible group of people with a uh, significant amount of knowledge around how to pull off these festivals and, and do them safely and, and do them in a really, really fun way. Yeah. So what's the, the vibe this year? You've been around for yeah. 51 years of Folk Fest. I mean, you and I, we're not even close to 51 years old. Right? So what's, yeah. What's it feel like this year? This year, you know, we're we're back. We're back in the park. We're bringing huge acts to play and and bringing everybody in the community together again. It's, you know, the theme of the festival this year is redreamings. And so, you know, being away for two years, this does feel like a dream almost. It's we're back. We've got a festival happening in downtown Regina, and you know, people are coming off of two years of not having it or having, you know, programming brought in that that wasn't the festival itself. And while it was all fantastic, nothing compares to being in the park for those three days and just being in the community, loving the music, the vibe. It's just, it's going to be such a fun, good time. It's like thousands and thousands of people that show up, right? Yeah, yeah. During our daytime, like thousands of people will come and go throughout the the day. And then in our main stage, uh, you know, we can have uh, over 3,000 in there. So, yeah, like it's we fill the downtown with thousands of folks every time that we put on this festival. I remember working downtown and I was kind of on the Delta side, the north side. But I remember ripping through on like walks in the afternoon and you could hear it reverberating through the buildings for blocks and blocks. Nice. Is it going to be the same feel? Oh, yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Um, yeah. All the stuff that happens during the daytime, the, the daytime stages with bands coming together and doing those workshops, all that's happening. Our artistic director, Amber Goodwin, has been working really hard to ensure that all the artists that are put onto those stages are doing just amazing, incredible things. The children's stage is going to be so much fun this year. Uh, we have a band called Library Starship on our uh, our children's stage, which uh, is just library voices doing kids' music and, and fun music for kids. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, yeah. 
Who are some of the other acts that we can look forward to? Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of headliners, um, well, just recently, Buffy St. Marie had to step back due to catching COVID. I mean, uh, you know, and we wish Buffy the best uh, with with that. Uh, But we have the new pornographers on the Friday night. And then Lido Pimienta on the Sunday night. And then we have a lot of local artists like Belle Plain and Andy Schaaf playing. Uh, and then just a lot of like bands that you're going to discover and you're going to love. Uh, we've got... Uh, a guest curator this year, um, and that what, is, what does that mean? So a guest curator is, uh, for the first time in our festival's history, is uh, someone who is an artist, a musician, who picks other musicians to play the festival that they enjoy, um, and so it gives a unique insight into some of the musicians that the artists that are already playing the festival love. And uh, this year, our uh, our picks are by Leanne uh, Betasamosaki Simpson, and uh, she chose uh, Black Belt Eagle Scout, uh, as well as Julian Taylor, um, as and some other bands as well. And yeah, it just offers a unique perspective, you know, instead of one person, you know, planning all the bands, we have this input, we have Amber's uh, vision, and then we also have the community wish list this year. So we put out last year to uh, all of our mailing list and our socials asking, who do you want to see? Like, who does the community want to see? And we were able to bring bands in that the community wanted, like Andy Schaff and Belle Plain and Dump Babes and Etienne Fletcher and Ellen Fraze and Melodina and Wolf Willow. And, uh, you know, like we're going to continue doing these things so that this feels really like it comes from the community. You told me prior to recording this that you were a volunteer for the fest, Mm -hmm. that now you get to work for the fest, which is kind of nice to get paid what you like to do, but what was it like your first time going or, you know? You know, like I grew up in a small town, so like the Regina Folk Festival wasn't something that I went to every year. I was, I was, I would work all summer and do swimming lessons in Crake and all that. But when I moved to Regina, like it was very clear this was a big part of the summer, and so I knew that I had to be involved somehow. I uh, became a volunteer. I worked on the day stages, doing some of the work there, um, but also, uh, you know, I used to work with the community radio station in town we would do stuff with rff so i had lots of great memories you know with that we set up a living room uh outdoor living room and interviewed some artists live on the air that was fantastic um you know i think it was 20 what would it be 2017 or 2019 well i can't remember which year but i was on the the main stage i, I got called up to the big leagues to 
to do some uh, some stage work uh, with Jeremy Sauer. And uh, that experience was incredible. Like that night, uh, I, I just I'll remember that for the rest of my life, just being backstage on the main stage as the artists are going on and off and just the excitement and the seeing the crowd from a different perspective. Just it was amazing. Uh, yeah. Who's your who's your favorite artist coming this year that you're most excited to see? You know, like it's hard to choose. Like I love Andy Schaaf. I love him, but I'm so excited to see Cadence Weapon. Try to get in where I fit in cuz the skin I'm in got two minds that I live with double consciousness. Wear a big grin on the outside but it's pain within. Hope things start getting better when the change begins. Both sides stay under pressure but we live different. Line between the victim and the witness, I feel it from a distance, feeling defenseless. Cadence Weapon has done some incredible things. Polaris Prize uh, has a book out right now. Um, And yeah, just it's going to be so fun to see. Um, but also like just seeing some of our local artists shining on this big stage, like Belle Plain. And Andy himself. Oh, the best part, make you sorry. Oh, the worst part, make you strong. And Satan is waving, Satan is waving. When you're dealing with artists, is it easy to work with artists or are they kind of like superstars? (laughs) Well, it's easy for me because I'm not the artistic director, so I don't have to deal with directly with them. Uh, And a lot of the work's done with agents too. But yeah, when they're on site, I mean, uh, artists are incredible to work with and we try to provide them with an experience that they won't forget. We work with lots of local food to really give them, you know, the best of what Regina can offer. And uh, yeah, like just give them that experience so they keep coming back and they tell their friends and and they come play our festival because they've heard about how much fun it is to be here and that's that's something that we've heard over and over but yeah like of course there are the superstars out there right like i was standing on stage nest ne- or uh, backstage next to jason isbell and i'm just like I'm in the presence of this great man, (laughs) you know, like, yeah, there's obviously like that little bit of like starstruck stuff happening, but, uh, yeah, generally like people are just down to earth. They're, you know, that's the job. This is what they do. Do you give them like the nod? The sup? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sup. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're not running up to him and like plucking a hair off the top of his head. No. 
Yeah, no, I'm not going to clone Jason Isbell, but maybe. Uh, <laughs> no, you got to play it cool. You got to be like, yeah, I have to be super professional now because <laughs> now I'm getting paid to be back there. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the other thing the great thing about the folk festival is that you have that like connection with the artists because it's smaller and because they do those day stages that you know you're you're within feet of them and they're walking through the park and while it's a bit different this year with covid because we need to really protect those artists as they go on tour because getting covid means that their tour ends and that means that the money ends and that could be devastating to their career uh so we're taking as many precautions as we can backstage and with everything that we're doing, making sure things are clean, making sure that anybody who's in contact with the artists are, you know, masked or um, have uh, their vac- vaccinations backstage. So, yeah, it's it's a lot of extra work and a, and a lot of administrative work, but it's totally worth it if it means that we can keep doing these things. It's all outdoor, though, right? Absolutely, yeah. Everything's outdoor. Yeah, yeah. We've got some tents, and so the tents would be our only indoor space. So for, for those who are coming to the festival we don't require uh vaccinations uh or masks we it's outdoors so the risk is a lot lower uh but if you're going into a tent with more than two walls down then we just ask you to toss on a mask and go in do your thing and come out sounds reasonable i'm still i'm still masking because yeah all my friends seem to be getting covid in the last couple of weeks. yeah yeah no there's there's the ba5 variant that's going around and you know it's it's spreading very quickly and when we saw it in quebec and in the united states we knew it would be here in a matter of time and and it's here yeah just keep the artists healthy safe singing yeah you mentioned food and drink so yeah today for this podcast i picked an one of our most popular festival beers, Cerveza. Mm-hmm. You ready to give her? I am, yeah. Let's do this. Oh, yeah. Beautiful sound. Cheers. Cheers, man. So this one, very easy drinking, Mexican-style corn ale. It's got uh, everything you love about it. The artwork is designed by Adrian Ray. Mark's literally got the sugar skull tattooed on his <laughs> arm. And... I just love this beer. It's so easy. Mm-hmm. I was saying to you, like, this is a, a great summer beer. Like, with how hot it is outside right now, this is amazing. I'm so happy. <laughs> we did we did add uh, lime and lemon. Oh, really? So if you take a sip and you kind of wait for that finish, you should be able to pick up notes of lime and lemon. And when people come in, they often say, well, you should add a wedge of lime. It's a Mexican beer. You should add, add lime. And I'm like, we already did. Yeah, it's already in there. You don't need to slice more wedges. You don't need to add anything extra. Oh, yeah. And it's not a flavor extract. It's not a processed thing. It's just lime peel. They, like, pulverize it, and they just toss it in there. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. This is great. I just dig it. It's nice, well-rounded brew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll be drinking a few more of those in the heat, that's for sure. <laughs> if somebody comes to you at the festival and says, hey, I want I want a brew, they can't get this yet. Not yet. Nope, nope. Maybe, We're, um, maybe in the future. Maybe in the future, yeah, yeah. No, we uh, the way that we work with um, all organizations that we reach out to for supplying things goes through an RFP process. I came into this organization. There's a little bit of time left on uh, 
on the current agreement that we have and we are totally going to put it out for uh yeah for proposals and and see what the community can come up with but yeah with uh our organization we have to do you know the things that make the most sense and we have a lot of different organizations we report to government of canada city of regina province with all of our granting so yeah all of our processes are there and well now you're hearing all the administrative stuff so yeah (laughs) well i would i would think that you know, it really starts with the fans, especially yeah. craft beer fans. Yeah. When we first tried to get into the stadium with the Riders, they're like, well, we have all these legacy contracts. Mm-hmm. You can't play. No, no, no. And then our fans made a huge stink. Yeah. And the Riders were like, whoa, hey, yo, calm <laughs> down. Like, everybody loves us. And people were yeah. like, give us our beer. A few years later, you have a whole bunch of Saskatchewan craft breweries participating. And I've seen that happen with all the Saskatchewan breweries and summer festivals and those pieces like Highland Games has pile of bones and local mm-hmm. craft options. And you see all those pieces happening. So I'm like, it's just a matter of time. We just maybe got to grow a little bit bigger, have a little more capacity. And uh, our fans, when they make a stink, I think the organizers go, oh, we, we better bring in their beard they like. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. The the fans of Rebellion are very vocal, um, and I'm so glad they are. It was so nice having craft beer at the Ryder Games, and it was very close to my section where my season tickets are, so... Uh, yeah, it was a very quick walk. I love just being able to go and try things too, right? Like try new things and see what the community's offering, see what, you know, is, is popping up. I mean, we have some of the, the best beer in the world in Regina. It's, it's incredible. We're so lucky to have what we do. I would like to say we punch above our weight. Mm-hmm. Our scene is getting recognized. Oh, yeah. Absolutely it is. And yeah, like uh, across the world, like I know people in other provinces that are very aware of rebellion and come when they come to visit uh, a friend of mine out of Vancouver, when he comes here, like rebellion's the first stop. Like it always is like, um, and we would, before the pinball machines were gone, that was our thing. We would go play pinball and drink beer for an afternoon. Right. And now we just go sit and eat tacos and drink beer for the afternoon. But yeah, like it's, it's, it's huge. It's when you do good things, people notice. I do have to lament the pinball machines were a casualty of COVID. Yeah. I don't know that we'll bring them back just because so many more people have said they just want more food, more yeah. food, more food. Yeah. And that just seems to make more sense for us in our space. Yeah. But for sure. um, we're talking about inclusivity. We're talking yeah. about seeing more people coming to Saskatchewan. Like, I know it's a big tourism draw. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you make it more inclusive for people with things like the hearing loop? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, big part of our values as an organization is accessibility. And so what we were looking at for years before even my time here was how to make this organization more accessible each year. What things are working, what aren't, and how can we change them? And one of the projects that was brought up was this hearing loop and Hearing Loops Canada, which is based out of Alberta. Uh, they have a device that is a bunch of wire that goes into the ground and it connects to this um, little receiver that goes into the soundboard. And anybody standing within that wire uh, with either the receiver and headset or with their hearing aids uh, are able to tune in to the sound directly off the soundboard. So they can control the volume or they can control exactly how they want to hear the show. 
And so why that's important is that there are folks that don't come to shows because with the way that they can hear, it's it's just muffled or it's like they can't get a good experience or uh, they have sound sensitivity issues where th- stuff is too loud and it's just unbearable to be in that in the room or outdoors or wherever by speakers that are, are blasting that loud. Uh, and so this gives them an opportunity to put on noise canceling headphones and adjust it to their own volume and have a comfortable experience so that everybody is welcome at our festivals. And we're going to continue doing that accessibility analysis into the future. We want to do a full audit on accessibility for our organization so that when we put on a show, we want to make sure that every ticket that's sold, that every single person that comes has everything that they need to be themselves, their whole selves at the festival. So does a hearing loop cost money? Do they have to download an app or buy some special headgear? Like, how does it work? Yeah, so it does cost money for us. Uh, We were very fortunate to be able to partner with the city of Regina on this. They had a grant, accessibility grant, that we qualified for, and we were able to purchase the unit with that funding. Uh, Right now, what we're doing is a pilot project of this where we're inviting folks to come and use the the loop so we can ensure that it's working totally 100% the way it should be before we start uh, inviting people to use it with paid tickets at our events. So we want to make sure that both the the hearing loop itself is working for the folks using it, but also that it works in our space because this is new and it's going to take up space that wasn't there before near the soundboard. Uh, we just want to make sure that we're looking at everything, making sure it's perfect before we open it up to the, the general public. We've talked about all this stuff, beer, artists coming up, hearing loop. What's next? What's next? Well, lots is next. We uh, we are looking forward to 2023 already, looking at plans for 2023. We have all of our regular uh, uh, parts of our organization. So Winterruption, which we have, uh, you know, in the winter. Um, we have uh, our concert series, which uh, Joel Plaskett's been announced. So is Baja Bulat. Uh, there will be more concerts announced after the festival as well that will be coming up in the fall. Uh, we also have have our digital program called Offerings, which is going to grow moving forward. It came out of COVID because there was, you know, less in-person, more digital. Uh, We were able to create this program that really gives you a behind-the-scenes look at what the artists are doing, uh, touring their spaces where they do make their music, or just having that Q&A where you get to learn about them a bit more. Um, Those types of offerings are what we're going to be putting out digitally. We just recently put out a little uh, short concert that Bell Plain did in our office. Um, and then on top of that, we're just adding little pieces here and there to really give the experience of coming to the Regina Folk Festival, just giving it a little more each year. And, you know, with the vision that Amber's brought forward, uh, the bands that are going to be playing this year, the excitement that's building around it, like we're just going to carry that into 2023. That's deadly, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Josh, thank you for your time today. Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I mean, there's not very many podcasts that give you a beer and say, let's go chat. So, like, 100%, I'll do this anytime. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Yeah. Rebels, thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or comments about this episode, be sure to join us on our brand new Facebook group page, The Rebellion Brewing Podcast. 
I'm going to include links to everything Folk Fest. Be sure to check them out in the show notes. I'm also proud to let you know that we're members of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. It's a one-stop shop for tons of locally produced shows from across our province, and you can find them at saskpodcastnetwork.com. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Untapped so you don't miss out on the latest in Sask Craft Beer news. Thank you for joining the Rebellion. Thank you.